Oh my goodness. Well, it is Wednesday, which means it is a podcast day, Wellness Wednesday, and we are back. Uh, and I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in. Uh, I've got my friend Anderson. What? Sorry, I started laughing because your dog just stuck in. I didn't know your dog has been on your lap this whole time. Oh, his face just <laughs> popped Oscar up behind dog. my desk. Yeah, yes. whenever he hears the voice, the voice yeah. begins. Yeah. So, yes, we are here today. Um, that is Oscar, by the way. All right. um, and we'll let Anderson introduce herself. I'm Anderson. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on the face of book or the book of face. The book of face. There we go. Yeah. Uh, you can also find my secret group for women 18 years or older. It is Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And you can also just follow me or friend request me on Facebook because I like friends. <laughs> That's the trend now. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, absolutely. And um, I am excited to say that the wellness group on Facebook is also going well. Remember, this is 100% free. Uh, if you are looking for a place to grow yourself, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. Mm -hmm. uh, and as well, I've got the private VIP page. If you're 18 years or older and a feminine energy or you've got a partner that is interested in some intimacy building and sexual wellness, please let me know. We'll get you invited over there. Over at Vote for Part on Instagram as well. Uh, and today's request for our podcast, I think is it's cool that it was actually, uh, I already said requested, but it was requested. Yeah. I had somebody reach out to me and tell me that they uh, really enjoyed some of the, the podcasts that we had done together and uh, was looking for some additional support, which is, I think, fantastic because right now that's what we... That's what we want. That's we want well, a lot hoping. of people want that. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it, she she specifically asked me like, well, what's your topic? And I'm like, I don't know. We usually actually just wing it, which is 100 accurate. Yeah. So, sometimes I have like an inkling of what I want to cover, but um, we will sit down for maybe 15 minutes before and kind of make some notes and whatever. But right now, I mean, we're seeing an inundated amount of people just needing support, and mm -hmm. that's what we're here to do. So. Not only am I excited because as we were making these notes together, we came to this like really great um, aha moment that we're going to talk about as we wrap up the podcast at the end. So stay tuned uh, for sure because today we're going to kind of have an extenuation, I would say, of last week's podcast, which we talked about traumas. And that was probably one of the, the, the ones that people reached out to me the most about so far, which was great. So uh, if you got some value from that, again, make sure that you share it with somebody, especially if you know that they're having a hard time right now. Uh, last week, we I think we kind of really broached like how to discover what your traumas are mm -hmm. and understanding that no matter how big or small you think your story is, it matters because it's defined who you are and you don't get to compare and saying that yours is less tragic than somebody else's and so on and so forth. But I think this week what maybe our listeners are looking for is a little bit more clarification on the healing process and getting past the actual trauma itself. So we got some notes we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about today. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited. So um, I'm going to take a couple deep breaths because as I had said to Anderson, um, I'm a little frustrated talking about this subject, to be honest, because... Well, if anything in coaching, I should say, it's not just this particular subject, but when, whenever you're talking to anybody about a, a situation that they're trying to overcome, it's frustrating when you feel like all you're doing is repeating yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, if you've never been coached, you might not even know that's what's happening. You know, like you're just hoping for an answer. You're hoping for somebody to tell you what to do to get to a solution, I think. And when it doesn't pan out the way you want it to, you don't think it's working. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Because, like, as we had said, like, this, this conversation is not specific to, like, emotional trauma. This would be, like, if you're trying to lose weight or whatever. The, this, the story is the same. If you are going to even commit to trying something, but you don't give it 
a day. 100% effort. Yeah, I, I would agree those need to be in conjunction. Um, 100% awareness, in my opinion, yeah. because there's days I don't give 100% effort. I, I know that. But... Um, but you're making a conscious choice. Correct. And, and to correct when it doesn't go the way it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and give yourself grace at, at that point as well. But if you if you are on day... Th- like, when we were talking... This is what we talk about in the wellness group. Like, if you're on week two... T- week two tends to be the hardest. Like if anybody's ever tried to do some weight release or if you, oh my God, I was obsessed with the biggest loser show. I used mm-hmm. to watch that like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just inevitable that week two was plateau week because you'd been busting your butt so hard that first week. It's not different in mental improvements. It's not different in emotional improvements. You're going to be exhausted. Your body will physically be, you could be like, I'm so jazzed because I, I lost 15 pounds last week or I had an emotional breakthrough, right? So you might be super excited and enthusiastic about it, but your body's like, but we, we're going to have to take a break. Whether you know it or not, that's why the, the, the weight comes to a, a screeching halt in that week too, right? Mm-hmm. So you you have two opportunities, in my opinion, I believe. is Number one is that that's what's going to happen, is you're going to hit a wall in week two. And then that's where we get discouraged because it didn't go as well as week one. Mm-hmm. Um, or because 15 pounds is great that I lost, but it wasn't the 25 that I wanted to. Exactly. So um, one of my coaching clients yesterday was talking, uh, this is what we talked about with self-sabotage. Is It's like, I didn't do it before, so what makes me think I'm going to do it now? Exactly. It's and even if that's subconscious. You. Yes. Yes, is exactly what I told her. That's exactly what I told her. Imposter syndrome. How dare you think that you could be better this time around? And I think that the thing that's dangerous here is that we don't realize we're doing that because I didn't like I, of course I had pure intentions when I was trying to make a change in my life. Of course I wanted to commit to the 21 days because it forms a habit. 90 days makes a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. But on week two and a half and three, it's like, "Mm, that's so much easier just to lay in my bed. Well, it's uh, for me for, I mean, because I've had a lifetime of, of experience with specifically trying to get to the point of weight release and weight loss. Funny story, sidetrack. Did I ever tell you that I flew to Utah and um, auditioned for The Biggest Loser? No! Yeah, <laughs> yeah like six years ago, Holy seven years crap. ago. Yeah, I'm I, sure my best friend Jen and I, we totally looked at the requirements. Oh, like, yeah. For the, when they started doing the Friends episodes and stuff. Oh, really? So anyway. So, yeah, totally flew to Utah and, and auditioned. That was an experience. Anyways, um, but I will say that Put a after... Put that. Yeah. After that trip, after I flew out and did not get called back for the audition, the second round of auditions, I gained like 30 pounds in a month after that because, and looking back now, it's the, who do you think you are? You, you weren't even fat enough to get on the biggest loser. <laughs> so how dare you think that you're, you're in need of losing, of really losing weight. Oh my God, I can't weight. believe you said that. But yeah, but that's. But I, I get mean, it. I get it. Was, it. it was one of those, there was Your so situation many more isn't people. even bad enough. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I self-sabotage yeah. to try and make my situation the situation worse, so you can go back yes, and be like, exactly. oh, now you take me. Exactly. <laughs> that didn't work out for anybody. That's so funny. Yeah. But, that's so funny. I get that. That's that's so funny. Uh, so th- I uh, this is the thing that I have to relay um, across that I think is one of the things that's holding you back. And I'm going to get a little bit passionate about it because I don't think people do enough work. Um, this is your damn ego. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's your ego in, in terms of like, we were just talking about imposter syndrome. All right. But that I think is the thing that, so I'm just going to say it like at the beginning of the year, I fell into a book about ego is totally unintentional and it Oscar, it changed my life. It changed my life in terms of like, I have always tried to be aware of like, you know, people, we used to jokingly say that I had like this 
we called it a PR tumor. Mm-hmm. Like when, when, when a client would message me something that was very heartfelt and, you know, m- meaningful to me, I would show a friend or my husband and they're like, ah, your tumor's getting bigger. <laughs> and then it used to frustrate me like on a, just a playful level because I was like, that's not what it's about. It's not about me. It's about them seeing that change. You know what I mean? But then when I read this book about ego, like that's just a, that's a ugly beast that nobody's talking about. Nobody is unearthing it because when you think about the situation, how, like how dare my family not think I'm important enough for this to matter? How dare them not ask me how I'm doing or whatever? That's ego based. It is. It is. But we just don't think it because I think when we think of ego, we just think of cocky. Yep. And there is two. That, I mean, those are two different things because you can be cocky and not egotistical, but ego itself is just it's a raring beast and. I don't know that we do we don't do the work because we don't even know about it. Like you just don't. How do you how do you how do you train your ego? And you can never get rid of it because the moment you get rid of it, the moment you're gone. There there are two things that you just have to learn, work, and live inside your body simultaneously. But you have to keep that thing in check. What's the name of that book? Um, ego is the enemy. Ego is the enemy. I'll yeah, there's check it out. there and it, it was a auto uh, audio book too, by the way. So so sweet. Yeah, and there was another one I can find. I just don't remember. I like I just it was like you might like this, and I was like, yes, I would, <laughs> and I just devoured it. Because I mean, that's one of those things that I mean, I feel like I'm still relatively young, but like mm-hmm. high school, college, nobody ever talked about ego no, no, no. or becoming aware. Like I didn't take psychological classes or whatever. Yeah, I didn't either. Psych classes okay. or know. personal development. Exactly. So that's that's one of those things. Like I feel like that's a good next step, especially for you. And I feel like that's where I need to go next is. Learning about ego and how it control, like how it plays a role oh, in everything. Controls is is a. I mean, it stops us from doing everything mm-hmm. or doing the wrong things, like and so in this instance, right? Like it's like I said, it's how dare they not think that I'm important enough, and that's hard because you're like, no, but I'm hurting and I'm sad. Yeah, I know you are, but to think that you were the center of the universe is asinine. And I think part of that, I don't think it was the ego book I was reading. That was, this is an Eckhart Tolle book, which is all about like awareness and Mm -hmm. um, becoming one basically with your higher power kind of thing. It was like, it knocked me on my feet because it wasn't, it was never that I thought that I thought I was the center of the universe. I had just never stopped to think that I wasn't the center of the universe. Yeah. And knowing that. Like when you get into a dark deep hole about yourself and you're like, "Woe is me!" Like I'm, I'm, such, I'm struggling right now. Like I feel this certain way. Like this emotion is so heavy. You forget there is a husband in the room that you know. God, did you even ask him how his day was? Like he is out working in COVID environments in multiple places, but he's an essential worker. That it's really not essential work, but it's essential work for essential workers to work. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So. He's a man that's diabetic, so he has a compromised immune system. Like, did you even, like, stop to think, how was your day? And when he said, ugh, like, it was work, no. Did you dig a little deeper? How about that? Or did you um, counsel your children? I don't know how to make this about me. Did you counsel your children? Like, how are things going for you? Do you miss your friends? Like, what do you feel like would be, you know, this is just this specific about this particular event. But it's one way to think. Like, you don't. Because... Uh, evolutionarily speaking, your body is meant to survive, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, trickles into your mental state in terms of how do I preserve myself? And everybody is in that mode at this point, I think. Um, as much as we are, you know, taking the weight on our, of our families, it's still about you. How, how are you surviving? And what I read yesterday was that most people, most people honestly are not as worried about the illness itself anymore. They are worried about the financial effects mm-hmm. to their, their family, which... 
in my opinion, circles back into the health. Because if you're in a low mental state, you're taking it out on other people. Uh, you are, woe is me, right? Tony said that it is like, people are on edge right now. And I'm oh, like, yeah. and I can imagine that they are, but that's, that's sad because they don't realize to me how important it is that those are connected. And if you can be positive when you're out there, knowing that other people aren't there necessarily because they choose to be, they have mm-hmm. to be, and knowing that you're all in it together, those kinds of things. But how egocentric is it? If you really think about it is, you're so worried about them and what they think of you. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're reacting that way. I agree 100%. And yeah. I feel like I feel like ego gets in in way in the way of empathy and your oh, empathetic yeah. that's bone smart. because that's smart. it's how dare this person hurt me? How mm. dare this person not hear me? How how dare this person not acknowledge all of the work I've put into this relationship, this situation, whatever. Yeah. Instead of What's going on in their life that... They... Or what are they thinking of me? Yes. But but even that is... I, like, no, I, not, mm. not, I, yeah, not from an egocentric, like like trying to understand their point of view. Yes. Why are they so frustrated with you? Why can't they understand? But I feel like it goes back even more, like one step back further. What happened to this person that, that that's why they interpreted my actions this way? What happened to this person? Or or what situation was this person in previously that, that tainted my yeah. actions and made them think of me this yeah, way. Yeah, their perception, <laughs> yeah. And that makes sense. I think I was struggling because I was thinking of this person and her children. Um, so I was like, well, she would probably, hopefully, know what some of their life experiences are. I think, and I've talked to her about this, is that, you know, they're being influenced. You know, you, I mean, when you're in a split family household, you have to remember that your children, they're, they're influenced by both parents, whether they're oh, yeah. present or not. That's an influence. <laughs> More so if they're not. Correct. Yeah, as we talked my, about last week. My personal experience. Yeah, with yours my was physically father. and emotionally just gone, mm-hmm. and mine was emotionally distant for sure. Um, but you have to remember that. Like, I that goes back to the empathy too, and that's how I try to encourage her to think about that from her ex's point of view too. Is that somebody taught him mm-hmm. that this is the way that you behave? Somebody taught him that this is the way that you get your message across. Again, you're making it about you. Exactly. And I know it is about you on a surface level because he's he's making you feel this certain way. He's telling your children certain things, but it's not about you. It's about his insecurities and how you made him feel or something that you reminded him of, even on a subconscious level, that I have to make her pay. Well, and I have two like examples is that I mean, my right now life relationship with my boyfriend, I'm kinda like I feel almost like in between my boyfriend and his ex-wife because I am more empathetic than he is. Mm-hmm. I I am a little bit more detached from their situation. You're also I'm, farther in personal development. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> just another development. <laughs> My finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> um, when he lashes out in anger or frustration to vent to me about a situation, because that's human nature, mm-hmm. it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when you were intimate with somebody that had your children. Yeah, and you exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, things are different. It's Change is hard. People are learning and evolving and growing. But when he lashes out about something, he, I can see it, is so frustrated with me in the moment because I'll be like, but... But she like, had your children. But she had your children. <laughs> Where, like, why, what happened to her that she's coming at the situation that way? What what may you have done that she interpreted wrong, but now she's she's acting from a place of fear and that's why she lashed out this time? Like, you have to break it down so that you understand that your actions play a role. Because the ego it, for him is... I'm a great father. How dare she treat me this way instead of, oh, I hurt her feelings two weeks ago. And so she's still like trying to protect her heart and herself. And now she's lashing out in anger. So instead of owning up and apologizing for what I did wrong, it's 
ego how dare she how dare she yeah and so i've been helping him with that and i'm so proud of him he apologized to her um out of the blue about his lack of communication because that's been something a source of frustration from her is that she doesn't feel that he communicates very well Mm -hmm. but i had like an aha moment and i was like it's because you're speaking chinese to him you're not speaking his language you're not you're not explaining yourself in terms that he understands so since i was empathetic enough to both of them, like, I want to help this situation without making it messier. I broke it down for him in terms that he understood. So when he was venting, I was like, but this is what she means. These are terms you can understand. Does this make sense in your head? And it finally clicked. Yeah, take your tr- interpretation, but her intention. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he put ego aside and he went and, you know, tucked his tail and apologized and was sincere and genuine, which was important mm-hmm. because it wasn't just like, oh, I'm sorry, let's get over this. It was like, no, I, I truly understand where you've been, where you've been coming from for the last 10 years of the, our relationship because that's how long that they've known each other, dated, been married, and had kids together. Yeah. It might have even been, like, almost 12 years now. But anyways, like, he apologized because he finally understood that it wasn't that he was, quote-unquote, not communicating. It was that he wasn't speaking her language and she wasn't speaking his. So yeah. now it makes sense. I think that's really powerful mm-hmm. because when you talk about... um apologizing so you had said to me recently something about like you've noticed that like if I don't know something now I'll just blatantly say like what do you mean or what is that like oh yeah I love that yeah Yeah. well and that's new that's newer for me because that was an insecurity of mine to act like I didn't know something I hated when people would use words that I didn't understand or anything and I would just nod my head and go okay and then I would google it later to find out what the word yeah yeah yeah. and now in the moment you'll use you use words big words all the time that I'm just like I feel really stupid right now because I don't know what that word is. You but f- you, it's not any of that you feel stupid. You're like, should I know what that word exactly. is? Because we're a similar age and so on and so forth. Yes. Yeah. So I've learned how to put my ego aside in that moment and just ask for clarification. Yeah. Because then the next time someone uses that word, I won't feel that. Better. Number one. And number two, that you've been able to at least trust in me that I'm not going to make you feel stupid for asking exactly. a question. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, that's the thing I try to tell my 12-year-old right now is that when you're in school... You can ask questions if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing or you're not understanding. You are not in school because you know how to do multiplication and fractions. You're there to learn how to do that. Nobody told me that as a child. I never asked my teachers for help. I never asked for help on assignments. I never asked for anything Mm -hmm. because I was too embarrassed that I thought I should know better. Um, And I I really appreciated that you said that last week because I I agree. Like, especially as one of my giant insecurities in my relationship is that my husband is more intelligent than I am. And that's just how I feel. Yeah. Um, so I would do the same thing. Like I would laugh it off or be like, ha 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 or whatever. And now I just go like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like he said to me one day, like I was <laughs> prepping lunch and, uh, it was when I was on my broccoli kick mm-hmm. and I said something about, well, how long do I boil the broccoli? He's like, well, the first thing is, is you steam broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, old me would have been, like, really embarrassed, right? But I was like, okay, well, there's a reason why you cook and I don't. Like, I, I, yeah. okay, I know what you meant, but it's whatever, you know? But you're, there's nothing wrong with learning. And there, there is nothing, and that would be, like, me going to the mechanic and mechanic and just, like, telling me all of these things about my car that I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. I know where the gas tank is. <laughs> but, you know, people get embarrassed by that. Like, why? You did not go to school to learn about cars. You did not go to school to learn about intimacy. Like, those, that's okay to not know those things. Uh, and that that's a, that was a squirrel moment because yeah. that I mean, but it does have to do with what we were talking about as well. Right. But side note, that's why I love my mechanics so much is because 
I think he has empathy for young women in particular, because that's, I mean, that's the experience I'm pulling from young women, is because he'll tell me in mechanic terms what's wrong with my car and he'll see the confusion on my face and immediately without missing a beat, breaks it down in terms so of what I that understand. means. Yeah, is, so what yeah. that means is this is what, you know, and then he tells me, you don't have to fix the problem right now. You can keep driving on it, but with sometime in the next six months, it's going to break and then it's going to cause even more problems. So, like, he breaks it down even, like, cost priority, and effect. Yeah. Yeah. I love mechanics. Yeah. Score moment. Okay. Nice guy. Nice guy. Um, so, yeah, do ego work. Like, recognize I mean, that ego is a thing. That's the first step. Number one, yeah, that recognition is huge. Number two, it would be be willing to do the work. And I'll tell you that for me, ego work is not hard. It's like, it's just learning about what it is. Becoming aware. Becoming aware, right. And then, I mean, like the apology thing, that's what I was going with that, is that I have zero qualms about saying I'm sorry anymore. Because if I was wrong, okay, so I'm a human being, I made a mistake. And it's better for me to say that to the person that I hurt, especially if it was unintentional, mm -hmm. to say, oh, I had no idea. I'm sorry. Not a big deal. And then you just move on. I just think that pride gets so looped into that, that people will fight tooth and nail just to say they were right. Even if, even if they were, like I just explained to my boys yesterday, I'm like, don't fight. Like, if I could give you one piece of advice, it is that fighting is pointless. It's mm -hmm. pointless because what happens at the end of the day, and this is from Dale Carnegie on how to win friends and influence people. First personal development book I ever read. Thanks, Chris Ciccinelli. Twice re referenced in this, this podcast. Right. Anyways, um, if you fight with somebody and you prove your point, all you've done is upset set them. You've made them feel insecure, so on and so forth. If you, if you did not prove your point, now you feel like a jackass. Mm -hmm. So nobody wins. And I think that the bigger perspective on that is that one of the greatest gifts somebody ever gave to me somewhere, I mean, I'd heard it throughout my life. I don't remember when the aha connection was, is that you have a perspective. This person has a perspective. Doesn't mean either of you are right. Doesn't mean either of you are wrong. It just means they are different. Mm -hmm. And this was like some silly phrase that Q said yesterday, like, that's not fair. That's what he said. And Cole's like, how is it not fair? Like starts going off the rails. And I'm like, his perception of fair is one thing. Do you think it's the same as yours? He's like, no. So then how are you going to agree if you if he thinks it's fair versus you, right? And it was just like, I walked out of the room and I go, God, I love it when I'm wise. <laughs> like, that, it was just great. And it was to celebrate that moment. So, um, yeah, I think ego work is easier than people think it is. Like you had said, it's really just learning what it is. It's learning. It's, yeah, and being willing to acknowledge to yourself yep. when something is being ego-based. Because I think when you... And I have not done ego-based work. I'll preface that, but I'd say when, officially, but officially, you have, yeah, yeah, unofficially. Yeah. Uh, when you say pride, to me, that like that's a siren going off in my head that like pride is just ego. Like your pride of like I don't want to be see like come across in a business meeting as stupid, so I'm not going to tell my boss that I don't know what he's asking me to do. I don't want my partner to think that I am inadequate, so I'm not going to tell him that I truly didn't get as much work done today as I said I was going to get done. Mm -hmm. Like all of these things are all pride based because you don't want someone to look down on you or look, yep. look at you as less than yep. whatever. Yep. So instead of just owning up to yourself and, and being graceful, like giving yourself grace and being honest and being truthful with people, you put up this wall and that ego. And I think it's because people are a little bit addicted to their story, their story and addicted to the persona that they're putting off to people instead of being true and genuine, like genuinely themselves and allowing themselves to make mistakes and learn and grow. Right. They're like, Oh, I, I've got to be perfect a hundred percent of the time. Right. I can't fail. Exactly. So I'm not going to fail. So I'm just going to, it's almost like 
sometimes it's lie. Like maybe you're lying to people and you just keep building on those lies because you, you have so much pride that you cannot fail. Whether it's a business, whether it's a relationship with whatever, you don't want people to look at you down on you or look at less of you. So you just keep putting up this ego wall and then inevitably it's going to come crashing down. But what I've found by witnessing your personal development journey is that people respect you more Absolutely. when you, when you are honest about your flaws Absolutely. and when you're open about your failures, because it shows them that you, how to handle things gracefully, because there's been plenty of times where I've been like, F this personal development. I'm not going to do it. Throw <laughs> like throw the papers off the desk and just lay my hands down. <laughs> yeah. like, like I've had it yeah. because it's hard. Like it there, there are times where personal development is messy and, yeah. and owning. I would say more shit, so than, than not. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you have to be committed to it a hundred percent and be willing to own up to your shortcomings and know that you're not a terrible person. If you did something in your past that you don't agree with now, you just have to recognize that not agreeing with your past actions is a sign of growth. And mm. it is a sign that you are becoming the person you want to be. Yeah, and it's allowed. Who you were. And it's allowed. And it's, it's allowed. It's encouraged. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You, you can't expect that you can't have the same values as you did as a six year old versus a 12 year old no. versus an 18 year old. That I mean, Without getting into a heated discussion, evolution's allowed. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, and that, I mean, that was the thing that, you know, Brett's ex and I recently had a conversation. And one of the things that she said was, you know, thank you for going through the messy stuff with me because that's where we grow as human beings. So her, her and my relationship, I feel like has grown immensely over the last couple of, of days, even because we've gone through some messy stuff and we both came out of it agreeing to keep going forward and right. not just live in that messy place or live in that place of anger we're, we're growing. We're human beings. We're yeah. doing the thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I am, I'm a very, well, I would say that Oprah Winfrey, I always kind of forget that back in the day when I used to watch that show that that was probably my first exposure to personal development and just really, didn't really understand much of it. And, um, she worked with, oh God, I'm going to freak her name up. It's like, Elizania. Uh, lasagna event. I don't know. I, I find it for you. I find it for you. She's an amazing person. So anyways, um, she was counseling this man who was a alcoholic and he'd been sober for quite a while, but he basically like, was like, like I have zero desire to better myself. I can't go out and get a job. Like, blah, 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 blah. like he's like every day, like I think about killing myself and so on and so forth. And she basically like told him, this is like your new addiction. Like you, you got past the alcoholism but now you tell your story to anybody who will listen. Um, you want people to feel sorry for you. Yeah. You want people to know how how much you had to sacrifice, how far you came, whatever. This is your new addiction. And that hit, I mean, my mother was an alcoholic, is an alcoholic. And at the time, I think it was like when she um, was not doing well in recovery. So I think that that to me was like a really big permission to understanding that that's who she was. Like I asked her to watch the damn thing. And of course she did not. But I think that that is um, something that people need to know. And that's a real thing. Like, you, again, you, your ego is telling you that they need to know your story. Like, mm -hmm. how dare they, especially if they, they were the ones that betrayed me and they don't understand that. You're now addicted to people agreeing with your story because that validates who you are as a person. Or you're addicted to the emotions that they sh show you. Like, maybe you don't ha come from a, a family that um, has a lot of, like, showed a lot of love or empathy or sympathy growing up. And so now that you have a tragic story to share with people, people are giving you those emotions that you so oh, yeah. desperately wanted from someone else, but that your mom, your dad, whoever is not, it's, never gave it to you. It's still interaction. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Tony Robbins had talked about that one time as well, where it's like, basically, you know, like if you 
for whatever reason, you self-impose into the hospital somehow. Mm -hmm. Addiction through whatever, whatever. People are not showing up the fourth and fifth time because it's out of concern anymore. It's out of annoyance. Mm -hmm. And this is not different. It's the same exact thing. You have to understand that people don't want to hear about it. They don't. And that's that's the thing is that you just keep thinking for some reason, uh, potentially, okay, that um, it's going to... Sorry about that. Small interruption. So you basically, you just can't expect that people are going to change your minds if they've Mm -hmm. heard your story a thousand times. You know, your intention has to be altered, I think. Well, and I think that's a good thing. What's going to change by telling your story a million times? Yes. Like, are you not tired of telling that damn story? Like, is that where you want to live permanently? And yes, the answer is yes at this moment. (laughs) So if you, why? I guess you have to ask yourself why. Like, if you are seeking counsel from other people, then I don't think that you truly do want to live there forever. You just don't know how to get out of that place. Mm-hmm. And the first step is recognizing what you've been doing. Or lack your, thereof. Or lack thereof. But that's still something. Mm-hmm. Doing, doing nothing in my mind is still something. That's that's what you've been doing. Oh, yeah. But that's you smart. Need to, but you need to look at what you where you want to be. It's almost like take out everything personal out of it and look at it in a standpoint of a job. Like... You work this job, but you want to be promoted. How do you get to that next level? What are the steps that you would take in a job to get to the next level? Mm-hmm. Well, first you look at your what you've been doing for your job or your work ethic, and then you take steps, you add to it. So in this instance, you know, the gal that we're talking about specifically, I would tell her, you have to look at the the actions that you've been doing for yourself, the actions that you've been doing for your family. Look at your true intentions. Why were Why are you doing those steps? Mm-hmm. What did you expect to get out of them? Right. Did you get what you wanted out of those those things that you were doing? Did you did the outcome match your expectations? If not, so for example, we're talking about like is if you were seeking therapy. Yeah. The therapy cannot be a, a, a teacher's note that you take back and say, "Look, I'm oh, yeah. going therapy." Exactly. You cannot show up to therapy just so that you can go later and tell somebody well, I'm doing I, the things you told me to do. Well, I'm in therapy. Yeah. And this is, I, I want to make sure that I would clarify, especially because as somebody who requested the, the topic, it's not specific. Like we're grilling you because no. I don't know that this is, you know, what you're doing specifically, but we're trying to help you dig into that perspective, perspective for yourself oh, yeah. and make sure where your intentions lie. I know for myself, when I'm at therapy, I can't think about the fact that, oh good, I'm here. I'm in therapy. Like I have to detach from the fact that I'm going to therapy. Doing something good for yourself, yes. quote unquote, and do I, the work. I'm there to do work. I'm there to dig deep so that my intentions for that therapy session are to heal from my past. It's for me. It's for me. It's It's not, I could care less if I have to share with Tony or who who benefits outside of that. Like, you know, it's funny because I do share on social media, like a snap, like a screenshot or a picture of my therapist's logo every time I go to therapy. But it's, for me, that's to encourage other people to seek therapy, to show that Hey, yeah, I am in therapy, but it, I'm not going, I'm not sitting at, in my therapist's chair just being like, well, we don't really have to talk about anything because I've already done what I, what I intended to do, which was show people that I'm going to therapy. My true intentions for therapy are to become a better version of myself, to heal the traumas that I've lived through. Mm-hmm. And it's... And get the tools. It's so scary that I thought I knew everything I needed to know going into therapy. And I just was like... Well, I need to know what I don't know, basically. Okay. And there's so much that I didn't know mm-hmm. that I was still suffering from mm-hmm. through through my own traumas. I lived through it and didn't even realize that I was still suffering from it. Yeah. So yeah, make sure that you detach from the outcome of... Commit to the process. Yeah. Detach from the outcome of, 
I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be better. Things are going to be a certain way. Get rid of your expectations for the future and, and commit to the process of healing. Commit yeah. to the process of going to therapy and seeking help. Right. And in this instance, I think detaching from the outcome is, and I, I use this term loosely, who is it going to impress? Yeah. Right. Because it, I'm telling you, anybody who's listening, you, ex-boyfriend, children, your parents, whoever's approval you're trying, you're trying to win by making change, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't work. And that's and very that's- much true of anything out- even outside of emotional trauma. If you are trying to better yourself in your your uh, intimate relationships, if you're trying to climb the corporate ladder, if well, you're trying to weight release, whatever. It's ego-based again. Mm-hmm. How dare they not recognize my my attempt well, or and how dare it not convince them to give me my way exactly mm-hmm. so you have to detach from that and get rid of expectations from other people you have to be okay with i'm doing this for myself because i want to feel better about me right i want to feel i want to do this because i don't like who i was yesterday or a year ago whatever i i, I see I like a version feeling that way exactly i see a version of myself in the future happier healthier whatever mm-hmm. I want to get to that point. So I'm detaching from, from the outcome. I'm detaching from weighing a hundred pounds less. I'm detaching from my, you know, my relationship be flourishing and I'm committing to the process and making small chains and changes and showing up every day, whether it's a hundred percent effort or at least a hundred percent awareness of my choices every day so that I can get to that point. Mm-hmm. But you have to stop focusing on the end destination. It's life is a journey. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. It's not an, it's not a destination. Enjoy your journey. Yeah. So yeah. many cliches in that there, sentence. No, but... it's all right. It's <laughs> because there's a reason why they're cliches. They were created for a reason. Exactly. So I, I, I would agree with that as well. So the things that you want to consider is like, what are those action steps? Like you had said, like, are you doing the therapy? But you know, are you just going in and, you know, word vomiting or are you actually taking those tools outside into the real world? Mm-hmm. You know, I talk very highly about the exercise that my therapist told me to do, which is basically to get inside my head and listen to the inner dialogue that I had. And I had never, I thought, I mean, I know there's a, there's a voice in there. It's me, right? Most people know that, but I had never ever stopped and listened, listened to the things I was saying to myself. That was a monumental pivot in my personal development. Like my husband just knew like that weekend I was just detached Mm -hmm. because I was quiet. I was listening. I was paying attention. Mm -hmm. That was one of the largest tools that she ever gave me. There was, you know, there's an inordinate amount of them, I would say to this day, but I took the tools. I took the tools that she told me, here's how you're going to figure out your emotions. When things get like high anxiety, low depression, here's the triggers you should be looking for specifically to me because of my past experiences. And I don't live in that headspace anymore. I am almost able to avoid that headspace or at least recognize it a hell of a lot faster than I ever did in the past. So what would have taken three weeks to climb out of takes me less than a week. And then I know that if I tell my partner that I'm going through something right now and I need your love and support, it's going to be even less than that. Uh, But getting there was not pretty. It was a lot of truths. It was a lot of vulnerability. It was a lot of openness to myself. It was a lot of apologizing to everybody around me and who I used to be and why I did the things I did and not as an excuse, but to hopefully impose a level of understanding that Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what I was doing. And that was just what I thought you were supposed to do. And I know it's disgusting and hurtful and gross. That's why I'm apologizing. You deserved better than that. I just didn't know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've done that countless times with people and the list is long. The list is long of people that I'm like, one day I will have enough balls to reach out to that person and say, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not there yet because I'm still embarrassed. 
but it's the accepting the responsibility that you played a part and you might not have created this problem or situation that you're in, but it is now yours to deal with. Those are yeah. one of my favorite phrases, by the way. That's not an original, Rachel, but I love it. Okay. So action is required and consistency in that action. And that's the thing that I cannot stress enough. Like, you don't have a consistency issue, by the way. Like, I need to switch my um, my little spiel on that because consistency is such an important word to me. But it's not a consistency issue because right now you are consistent. You're consistent in not showing up if you're having a problem. You're consistent in not talking about your emotions or becoming aware of them. So consistency is not your issue. It's like it's your focus. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the healing process is, um, dare I even say, mm -hmm. it's like almost ego-based as well. Because, mm -hmm. again, you are expecting that people play a part in that. Okay, and I, this is, I think, the largest cliche that I had to work through is that you can't let people make you feel a certain way, like you were in charge of that. Like, I'm like, no, they said something hurtful, that creates an emotion in me. Yes, but my body is the one that's creating the emotion. It is not like if I hear the word bitch that I'm going to, like, my hair's going to stand up on the back of my neck, but if somebody said, you're being a bitch, that has a different reaction, clearly. But only because I have a connotation, like, like, obviously, for me, that is not even an offensive phrase. Like no. people said, I mean, I don't, I don't act that way anymore. But that was like something people used to say to me all the time. I used to say that to myself all the time. Yeah, I would out loud be like, Oh, I'm a bitch. I don't care. And so then, when yeah, people, it's funny. It right? was so that it was so that when people called me a bitch, it didn't hurt as much. Right, right. But there with that specific phrase, there is an association to like, she's probably witty or funny or mm -hmm. quippy or fast, right? Or blunt, a and blunt. And I would get that all the time. You have no filter. Well, there's a difference between having a filter and just being an asshole yeah you know I, I don't feel like I have a filter now I'll still tell people what I think and what I feel especially but it's about them not about me mm -hmm. it's like we talk about this all the time like I don't know how to coach you right now friend because I know you're struggling but right. I'm just here for you just so you know right it's still truth but instead of saying why are you being dumb like hello you have so right. many months of personal development it's not that uh it's it's just different it's different so the healing process I think yeah, getting over it's getting over yourself partially because again it's it's the awareness it's the awareness how of your, dare they make me feel that way yeah but it's you have to be aware that that's what you're doing that you have to be aware that something is ego-based versus really just like oh they're hurting me they're hurting no it's you think that they have to be coddling you and have to be super like like or heal you soft. in your exactly. mechanisms that they don't know about exactly like mm -hmm. oh don't know about i so glad that you said that because there are so many things that I, in my head, in the past, I would be super angry at people and like resentful for people mm -hmm. because of things that they didn't even realize they had done or not done or had not done. And so now I'm becoming much better about speaking up and just being like, this is something that I'm having an issue with. But it's, I keep, I hate, I hate personal development sometimes <laughs> because I want to have those conversations and I want to be like, Hey, you really made me angry because you didn't do X, Y, or Z. But then I'm, I'm already jumping ahead before I even have that conversation. And I'm like, but why did I set those expectations without like, why did I get mad about expectations that I didn't set? Right. So then I'm taking ownership of it before I even need to have a conversation because I'm like, I just need to get over myself. And beca because I'm aware that they didn't do this intentionally to hurt me. They did it because I didn't make my expectations. Right. Clear. Right. So and that's I the disconnect. I think because what we immediately think is that it was a misunderstanding, but it's their fault. Exactly. Yes. But it's a misunderstanding because I didn't, Correct. I didn't communicate well Correct. enough. And that is exactly what I helped Brett understand. And yeah. I think that I helped his ex-wife understand. And I'm hoping that it will 
but it's hard and it's something that you have to just because you're aware once doesn't mean you're immediately cured of all bullshit in your head. Mm-hmm. It, you have to be conscious of it and you have to sh- like show up and you have to put an effort a little bit every day. And, there and are- then flex that empathy bone and remember <sighs> you're not going to get it right every time and neither is somebody else. Exactly. And yeah. for every grace that you wish people would give you, you have to be willing to give other people. Mm-hmm. Like I wish that this person would forgive me for something I did to them. Okay, mm-hmm. well, did you forgive them for not forgiving you? Like, I mean, it sounds really backwards, but you have to be okay if they don't. You have to understand that that's their trauma to heal from. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that you can do is bless and release. Right, and, and, and hope that they heal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, and this is the hardest thing, is, and maybe it's not a good option, but my thing is always, I see how good personal development has been for myself and I want that for other people. So it's, I bless and release, but I'm like, I always want to tag like, but here's some things that you could do if you want to get, like, if you want to feel better about the situation. So maybe it's not the best thing I'm going to do, but it's almost planting seeds about personal development. Right. Because it's, you can't just go up to people and be like, you need therapy. No. But you can tell people what you're doing and how it's helping you heal and hope that those little seeds of, oh, she's making these changes, these conscious, she's trying to make a change and she seems genuinely happier. I want that too. Yeah, I think that's where it comes back to just living it. Like, you know, one of the things I've been coaching people in business is that they're like, I'm looking to brand, they need to brand. Why? Brand what? Be you. That's, that is what attraction marketing is, Mm -hmm. is literally telling your story and your tribe finds you. There's, there's women, especially after yesterday, that are no longer going to want to ever do business with me. And I don't care. Not because I don't care about them and their thought processes, but because I don't think that they're at a place where they can connect with me and understand what my intention is. Mm-hmm. And what can be misinterpreted will be misinterpreted. So that's always important to just remember. When you said earlier that she was speaking Chinese, that that's tr- everybody has a different language. Yeah. We might be speaking English, but we all communicate differently based on our past experiences. That, it's that empathy bone again. It's that you could say something, and I do this, I overanalyze everything. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I love text messages and Facebook messages versus on the phone because I can't analyze something 10 times before I say it. So then I'm like, oh, but they might misinterpret it. But a text message, I can rewrite 10 or 15 times and I can try and read it so that I'm like, oh, well, will she misinterpret this? Will they Will they look at this the way I'm intending it to be? But what will be misinterpreted will be misinterpreted. Yep. And that's the thing is like, so... We'll talk about this. We'll bring this up right here real quick with that. Uh, we were talking about the post that I put yesterday and I wanted to bring that up because you oh, were offended yeah. by it, initially offended <laughs> by it. So um, the shortest version possible, if you didn't see it, I just had talked about basically that at a time like this when I saw um, a generic, it wasn't anybody I know, had posted, a, it was a meme that said basically like in this time, if you do nothing, that's okay. And I specifically said on my post from my past previous experiences, I think that's a load of crap. And what can be misinterpreted will be misinterpreted. And there was a couple comments where 2018 Rachel got her panties in a twist and was like, like, how dare they? And not even a sense like uh, express their opinion. Like if you had a problem with what I said, you should have private messaged me, which is ego based Mm -hmm. because I was protecting myself from what other people were thinking about me. Yes. Um, And I'm so glad that I slept on it, to be honest, because um, I mean, again, it's a misinterpretation because what I was saying was that if you're just getting by, it's not that you're pathetic. If you are like getting out of bed and you're like, this is hard and it's tough, that's not wrong. But when you talk about like doing nothing, in my opinion, that is wrong because if you're sitting here telling me like, oh, we're just getting, we're, we're barely getting by. We're not, I'm, I'm not getting dressed. Okay. Like I haven't worn a bra since all of this broke out, but 
2018 Rachel would have been in a devastated mode at this point. Like I would have been potentially like bankrupt with zero, you know, negative zero in my bank account. I would have been highly depressed and emotionally anxiety, Mm -hmm. emotional anxiety would have been like an overdrive. So I'm not saying that maintenance is a bad thing at this point because we are all overwhelmed and we don't necessarily know how to deal because it's a brand new thing, but to allow yourself to regress that's what I stated was, are you going to be fatter, broker and sadder by the end of this? So it's not about, uh, not doing anything. You know what I mean? And I, when you had said, Oh, you posted that. I felt a certain way about it. I'm like, well then let's talk about it because I know other people were too. However, some of the people that maybe had commented, number one, I wasn't entirely surprised. And I'm not, this is not a judgment based. It's just that my perception and perspective of the post was, you're not ready to do your personal development. And somebody okay. had said that. Well, for people, somebody said, I'm not going to go on a spiritual journey. Yeah, I'm not asking you to do that. But I am asking you to make sure that you survive this damn thing. And I don't think that's too much to ask. Right. Well, okay. So <laughs> go, my, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. My first reaction when I read that post was because, let's, let's be raw and honest here. I feel like I have been avoiding talking to you. And I have been avoiding reaching out to you about certain things. Because... Because... My monkey mind is comfortable being miserable right now. And it's comfortable. Because why? The woe is me. Because. Because it's easier. Because it's easier. Because it's what I know. It's and it's easier than taking the risk to do the things to better your life right now in this crazy time. Yes. And so when I read that post, I knew in my, I knew in my subconscious, I was trying to push it away and I was trying to avoid owning up to the avoidance. And I was trying to avoid owning up to the, well, I've been slacking in certain areas with my businesses or my personal development. And if I don't reach out to Rachel, then nobody will know, but you know, because <laughs> I'm you're off, not because, talking to me <laughs> because I fell off the place face of the earth. So yeah, it's pretty apparent that I've, I've been slacking in certain areas and not because you hold me accountable, like on a personal level, it's just, you want the best for me. And so you're, you said it earlier, you're not trying to like Screaming at me and be like, "It's not about shame." Yeah, it's not like it's just reminders. Exactly. Yeah. But so when I first saw that that post, I came from a place like my monkey mind was like, "Fuck you, Rachel!" Mm -hmm. Like, like how dare you threaten? Like, come at me like that? Like, it's a generic. Tell me, tell me, I'm not being amazing or whatever. Like, how dare you call me fat and lazy? Because that's when I when I read that post, I was like, "I'm gonna be fatter and broker at the end of this." (laughs) So how dare you call me fatter and broker, Rachel? But then it was immediate. Like I have these, and if you don't know. To whoever's listening, if you don't know, I have these long conversations with Rachel and her husband in my head without ever calling them because I, I know how they will respond. And so immediately after that, I was just like, but you know what steps to take so that you're not fatter and broker at the end of this. Right. You know that if you do sleep all day or watch Netflix all day, nothing will get done. But if you do these two simple things every day or reach out to two clients every day, whatever, you know the steps that you can take so that it's not a ton of effort but you're still better off at the end of this whole coronavirus situation than you were when it started. Right. Well, and I think my argument, which I'll say my argument, my perspective, my post, my Facebook is, can you honestly tell me like with these people, these people, that sounds harsh, but hear my heart. Okay. My heart says, can you honestly tell me that you're really okay with that's the way that your life is? If you're overwhelmed, if you're stressed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling scared, are you telling me that you're okay with that? That's the point of it is that, 
like you're saying, you have actionable steps you can take. I don't care what your situation is. Uh, and I'm not saying that you have to be thinner, richer, and whatever my third one was. That's mm -hmm. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that why would you not use this as an opportunity to make that decision? Mm -hmm. Do I stay in this ment mental state of mind or do I make it better somehow, some way? And it's not about coming out like being a guru. It's not about being oh, yeah. rich on the other side. It's about realizing your worth. And if it's not to the true potential right now, then don't get mad at me. I mean, you can get mad at me. Like, it's okay. Like, well, so I understand why people are frustrated, but that's what I, you can't appease everybody, but I needed people to understand and know that my intention was not to make you feel shameful if you can't. But if you're feeling shameful, it's not because of me. You're allowing yourself to feel that emotion. So something I'm saying is triggering that you're upset that you're not doing something in this moment exactly. that you're supposed to be doing. You already feel like you're you're letting yourself down. So now reading And how dare Rachel put it on Facebook? How dare Rachel put it out there? Because now other people might put two and two together that I'm not showing up yeah. or I'm not doing the things that I should be doing. Yeah. And so now you feel shame and you feel guilt and you feel attacked. Yeah. And you feel and like you feel vulnerable and you feel exposed and you think that the whole world is pointing at you when nobody is even looking your way because yeah. everybody is feeling the exact same way and self-conscious about themselves. And you and commented all... on my status. Exactly. <laughs> So it's like, I, I haven't even read any of the comments on there, but I literally saw that post. I don't even know if I liked it because I was just like, fuck oh, you. I, I kept scrolling so. so fast. I, I was like, fuck so. you, Rachel. <laughs> but I, my thing, and I, we can touch on this briefly, but I had a connection call today with um, somebody else in our organization that's, the, that's above you. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I'm so far into self-development, personal development that I have a hard time having connection calls with people because I already know everything I need to, like, no, I don't know everything I need to know, but I already know a lot. But you know, so, what you're, you know what you're supposed to be being coached on. Exactly. Yeah. So I know what I'm doing now and what I'm not doing. So I know that on this connection call, you're going to tell me, well, why are you doing, but I already know the reason behind me not doing those. So I broke it down very far and I was without even her talking. It was just me spewing this yeah. all out, word vomit. But I was like, I've been depressed. I've not been doing these things. I've been feeling a certain way since this whole coronavirus started. And it's because I didn't, I decided to go hundred percent self-employed this year. And then all of a sudden the coronavirus hits and I'm broke as shit. And then digging deeper into that. Cause I'm like, but I, I had a successful March, even though the coronavirus was here, I paid all of my bills, which is what success for me means right now is I paid all of my bills on my own. I didn't need help from other people, but then April rolled around, rolled around and I didn't have money for, for rent and I don't have money for all of my bills. And so I'm feeling like a failure because this is really the first time in years that I've ever had to actually ask for help. Now in years past, I would have just put things on credit cards. I would have just turned a blind eye because I was putting a bandage on the bigger problem. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying not to do that now. But this is new for me, like not having a credit card to fall back on, not having money to fall back on, not having savings, whatever. But I have a boyfriend for the first time that has a job that he can pay the bills. Yeah, but so, you have to be careful because it's another crutch. Exactly. And so I've been feeling like this is the first time that I've ever opened up and been vulnerable and let somebody else pay my bills. And that that was that's hard to accept for myself. It's an ego thing. Right. Like, how dare I do this? Like, how dare I like make become a burden for my boyfriend instead of a partner for my boyfriend. Yeah. And so then it slippery slope. I start getting down, stop being productive, stop bringing in any income Some at paralysis all. through analysis, paralysis through analysis. And now it's, I kind of got to a point and a bad point where I'm like, well, he sees me not doing anything and he's not saying anything about it. And he's just paying so my now bills. Safe. So now it's safe. So now I know that I don't have to do anything because he makes enough money to pay both of our bills. And I lived in that space for a short time. And then today I, I realized that that's where I was at. And I was mm -hmm. like, motherfuck, like big, the thing that I brought up on my connection call was 
I know what I need to be doing, but it breaks down to my monkey mind likes to be fat and lazy and sleep all day. How do I wake it up and get it to move? Because I know that I need to do these 10 things today. Well, you haven't, haven't, you haven't hit a bottom. Yeah. You haven't hit the bottom. Like I've been hovering above the bottom, but I haven't hit it yet. Right. Because you've, you found an outlet to save you every time so far. Exactly. That's the problem. And, and so I don't know, honestly, like how much farther it can get than a, an, a world pandemic that's directly affecting your business for you to go. I need to do something. Right. Well, and the connection calls today. She, she said something about like, she's like, well, he, sh- your boyfriend's showing up for you, but are you showing up for him? Mm-hmm. And I literally like my heart sank yeah. and I was like, yeah, I'm not like, I meet my monkey mind immediately was like, but you're taking care of his kids when he's at work and you're cleaning yeah, the house and your work. Yeah, but is he any closer to the podcast thing that he wants to do? That's his no, dream? exactly. And so he's supporting my dream of not having to have a traditional job. But right now I'm not showing up by making that traditional job or that non-traditional career path successful. I'm just riding his coattails and hoping that he pays all the bills and pays for all the groceries. And that's not who I want to be. That's right. the thing is that, that that's, that, that's it. Yeah. That does not align up with my morals or my values as a human being, as a partner. And so when she said that today, I literally was like, that's what I needed. And that's what I needed to hear. But my monkey mind, my monkey mind knew it. My monkey mind was avoiding talking to the people that would tell me that. Mm. And so, <laughs> cause I knew I, on some subconscious level, I knew that, that I, that you would have, something to say that would motivate me, but my monkey mind didn't want to be didn't motivated. Didn't want to hear it. Didn't want to hear it. So mm-hmm. it took, it, it just took hearing something that made it snap. So you have, I guess you have to give yourself grace. Like in my opinion about your post, it's okay to, f- to mourn. Like this pandemic is happening. It's okay to feel uncertain. It's okay to feel fear, but you have to feel those feelings and push through them to get through to the healing point or to the a solution, solution. Yeah. because if you live in that place of fear and that place of mourning, then you aren't going to be productive. Yeah. And most likely you are going to shut down completely and regress back worse than you were before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And so I, after I thought about it, took your post as I don't want you to be worse off after the pandemic. I want, I, I care about you and want you to to do the things that you need to do so that you're at least on your feet at the end of this pandemic. You don't have to be a millionaire. You don't yeah. have to be a superstar. I want you to be alive and yeah, I want yeah. you to be able to, to survive the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. So yes. my initial reaction was, was anger, but yeah, it was because fair. anger at myself. It wasn't anger at you. It was, it was more of like a, how dare she show me what I need to see. <laughs> yeah. you, I don't yeah. want to see it, but yeah, no, but I appreciate that because it is, I mean, it's, it's true, right? When you, when you're in the public eye, you sometimes can either, think twice about what you're going to say or you can stir the pot. And it wasn't intentional. Like I was, when I started reading some of them, I was like, what, what did I do? Like, what did I say? Like what, especially like one particular one made me question, like, was I, well, I mean, obviously it was offensive, but I thought like on a larger scale offensive, like Mm. it was kind of like, I need to reel this in because that's, that's weird. Like this is weird after this little post, but you're exactly right. Like 2018 Rachel would have never posted something like that at all. It would have been basically that I'm on season seven of Stranger Things that doesn't exist, right? Like, but that's how much I'm binging is what I'm saying. That's what it would have been in my 2018 post. Or I just started season six of Grey's Anatomy that I started after the pandemic started. Yeah. I know. I, I see that eye roll. Okay. I feel I can't believe I just did that, honestly. Like, I usually have better control than that. But that was more so because, I mean, I get that. Yeah. I get it. I, I, I get it. It just, it's, it's hard. I'm not... 
I'm not saying being perfect 100% of the day, but you do need to show up. There's, and you know, with some of these people, and I don't, again, it's about, think about your children and what are your children seeing? Like, I'm not saying that you have to have it all together. Like yeah. you, right now, my son is hanging out with Olivia, right? And then there's some times where I literally just take a car drive because I'm stuck in the house. I do nothing because everything I do is from home and mm -hmm. my children are here. So sometimes I just take a car ride to feel the sun on my face and listen to, I'm not listening to music, but you know what I mean? I'm right. listening to something and being alone and I'm grateful that so far I have not like cried which was it's a big deal for me mm -hmm. like of being overwhelmed but I've absolutely had massive waves of are you doing the right thing do you need to slow down what we're still questioning and that's not that's not what I wanted people to think that you know having a hard time is the problem it's 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 about living in that space oh yeah living and in that space is not healthy it's not the best you it's not what your children need to see is how you deal with the problem either no and it's I hate to say this, but in the world we live in, in the way that our, our society is built, is that there are going to be, maybe this is completely wrong to say, but there will be winners and there will be losers in this situation. And it's not like the winners win because of the losers losing. It's the winners win because they had a different mindset and they saw this pandemic and they saw that the whole world came crashing down. And instead of hiding under the covers, they showed up and did what they could every day or half the days or whatever. They did what they could when they could to put themselves in a better position so that when the pandemic is over, because 99% chance it's going to end eventually. We're not going to live in this new, new normal forever. And if we do, do you really want to be hiding under the covers forever? Yeah. No. Like everyone's like, oh, I'm going to take a day or a week or a month to hide under the covers because eventually I'll go back to my nine to five job. A lot of people got laid off and will not go back to those jobs. Some of those jobs won't even exist anymore exactly. because of the way that things have pivoted. Yeah. Things are changing so rapidly. But so if don't, you, don't operate from scared. If you're not showing up at all, you're not going to keep up with the times. You're not going to know what changes are made until it's too late. Yeah. And there's a hundred million other people that at least paid attention to what yeah, was happening. Yeah, yeah, and, so that, and put in an effort. Yeah, put it, and that's—it's not putting an effort to impress Rachel. It's no. putting an effort to change your life. And to and or I, I don't even say change your life because not everybody's lives are bad or wrong mm -hmm. or need to be changed. It's just living your best life. Yeah. life that you want to live in whatever capacity that looks like. So. Um, and understanding that the life that your neighbor wants to live is completely correct. different. Absolutely. So yep. stop your judging. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. If you're mad at me, I understand why you're mad at me. Like right. I said, I pulled at a thread and that's okay because that's my mindset is that I won't operate from a place where I will go back to the way that I used mm -hmm. to be. And that was the point of my post. So we'll leave it at that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I appreciate you bringing it up because I think that uh, that helps me as well as that little insecurity of ego of, I didn't mean to offend anybody. Like, what did I do wrong? But at the same time, it's like... Is now it's not even smug or ego from here. This point of view is, oh, okay, I understand why they're upset. That's okay. They can be upset. I didn't make them feel that way. They're feeling that way. See, and my, like, need to fix everything and everyone for <laughs> for no reason is, like, now I know the people that I need to reach out to and give a little extra love in because, obviously, they need personal development in their lives. Like, the people that uh, react so negatively. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm in a point, well, you, you, you can't convince Bless them, release, yeah. right? Bless yeah, exactly. Release. Bless and release, and hopefully someday you'll be able to have a conversation mm -hmm. about it, but, you know, yeah, I, okay. you can't force it. Yep, so that was pretty good. I hope that um, our person got something from this, so we were able to kind of speed up uh, some process for you. Just give yourself so much grace and understand that people, boundaries will come from people that respect you and you respect them and they will make sure that you feel valued and those are the people you should hang out with even if they are not your blood relatives. Okay. So go ahead and remind people where they can find you. Photoswithanderson.com or on the book of face at Photos with Anderson. 
boudoir photos with Anderson is also a thing that you can search for that private group or you can just friend request me because I like friends okay. <laughs> yeah and uh we've got that beginner's guide to wellness happening which I definitely am going to strongly encourage more people after today's conversation um come in just be a fly on the wall and see what it's about if you feel like you might would like to explore some direction um or find other reasons to throw stones it's cool too whatever so um, find me on Facebook if you'd like or get an invite to my private VIP page where I have to be 18 years or older. So we talk about some sexual wellness and intimacy building and over on Instagram at Vote for Parties uh, and follow my story. We're always doing some fun stuff. And tomorrow is another live if you want to win some of Tony's food. So make sure oh. to check it out from Chef Tontone. Yeah, and if you good. know or want us to talk about something yeah, send uh, it over next week. Send us our topics. Yeah, this has been working out really well for us. We like it. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate each and every one of you. Again, make sure to share if you like. Um, Anchor is free for us to use, and we don't charge for people to listen to us ramble. But <laughs> you might know somebody that would benefit from it. So thanks so much for tuning in. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Wash your hands, people. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.